Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woke and Baked. And the title of today's episode is Do Not Cling or Clutch, which will be making a whole lot more sense a little bit later on in the podcast. My guest today is Mark Tyler. Mark is the owner of Red Run Cannabis Company, the very first cannabis retail operation on the Kenai Peninsula. He is also the owner of Red Run Retreats and Red Run Radio. He is one of my favorite people to speak with, and these are some of my favorite conversations to share. On this particular episode, we discuss everything from Kreiner's Diner and their current relationship with the city of Anchorage and Mayor Ethan Berkowitz, why your local elected officials' thoughts and opinions on cannabis matter, growth in the formative years, Ram Dass, psychedelics, personal validation, and being a better parent than our own parents, among many, many other topics. All right, quick solid shout out to my supporters, Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Drive behind Save You More. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook, as well as their website, theironasylumgymak.com. The gym is open 24 hours a day. Personally, I like going in the morning. It's a good way to get my day going, get it started, and get it moving properly. And it's the summer, so pretty much every time of day is the morning here in Alaska. So for more information, call 907-953-4720. That number again, 907-953-4720. The website, again, theironasylumgymak.com. You can find them on Facebook as well as Instagram. Of course, Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the growers of fine cannabis, the brewmeisters of Hashade, Blueberry Hashade, Strawberry Hashade, and probably some other type of Hashade coming very soon. They also make can of caps, infused honey sticks, infused peanut butter, which by the way is purchased directly from the farmer. They carry flour and concentrates, including decarb oil and everyone's favorite, cartridges. Now, because Red Run has their own manufacturing facility, Nobody can beat their prices. They also stock edibles from Lady Grey, Creative Confections, and several other manufacturers. They stock Alaskan-made Frontier CBD. Be sure to ask your bud tender for any suggestions and recommendations they may have. You can also check out their website, redruncannabiscompany.com, for more information, as well as weed maps for their current menu. Hashade and other Red Run products are available at finer dispensaries in the great state of Alaska. 10th Planet Soldatna, located inside of All-American Training Center. Classes start at 7 p.m. Kids' classes run concurrent, uh, concurrent to adults and run to about 8.30 p.m. Now, the adult classes are taught by 10th Planet Black Belt Curtis Hembroff, and the kids' classes are taught by 10th Planet Purple Belt Priscilla Hembroff. Also, AK-49 Martial Arts slash Bang Muay Thai, located in the Peninsula Center Mall. Kids BMT starts at 5, adults at 6. Coaches include BMT Brown Belt Seltz, Seth, not Seth, Seth Stacy. BMT Brown Belt Seth Stacy, and the AFC's 135-pound champion, Victor Rodriguez. For more information, including their current schedule, check out AK-49 Martial Arts on Facebook and at AK-49 Martial Arts on Instagram. All right. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your energy. And thank you very much, Mark, for sharing your time with me. Time is the ultimate currency, and I appreciate all of yours. All right, folks. 
little bit of Mark Tyler in your life. See, but it's even like this. Like, we got one guy that's anti-cannabis, and then this guy's obviously. How in this day and age do we even have to be worried about a, a local or a state politician that might be against cannabis? Yeah, it's like, yeah, can you even yeah. imagine that we have we still would have to go through listening to some fucking morons rhetoric about cannabis? Can you fucking imagine how it's like, it's like going to get somebody that thinks it's a flat Earth versus a round fucking Earth? Right. Like how do you you can't have you can't have a man to man conversation. No. We're not you're not it's like reciting or like uh, debating Shakespeare but somebody hasn't brought her to learn the alphabet yet. Like how can we have an adult conversation? You're not even at the big boy table. No. You're not even like I'm talking the language. So I reached out to Kelly Wolf um, to see if he'd come onto the podcast. I haven't heard back from him yet, I just sent him the message. Um, but if he does, then this is where we're gonna do the interview. We're gonna sit down here, we're gonna have a conversation. Uh, and it was the same conversation that I had with Ron Gillum. It's going to start off with where do you stand on cannabis. Um, well, listen, also, too, what you could do with that and set them up also in another way is, how about we do this? Let's take reality now and what actual events transpired and what we know. And let's, let's go back to your model, which is a predictive model. Because, again, as a leader, as a human being, or as a, like anybody, you're only as good as how well your predictive models work. So if you sit there and go... Cannabis is bad. It's the worst thing to do. Oh god, this guy's gonna fall. It's gonna be bad, and there's gonna be people calling out of the woodworks, and crime's gonna rise up, and all that shit. Okay, you hold that. So let's judge you on your results. How many things came true in your fucking bullshit? Versus, you know, again, like what happened in reality versus what you what you what came you up with. was gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's a big part of it. I think that a, a lot of people thought the sky was gonna be falling. Uh, none of the shit that they predicted was going to happen. Yeah, not even, not even. Way better science out of it. We, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's this, it, it increases this or this is what happens. Really, all that happened is we got better information than we had before. And all the skies falling bullshit, none of it happened. So with that, knowing that, that, uh, when all these industries were shutting down, when all these businesses were stopping, uh, the same thing that people wanted banned years ago they didn't want to become legal was decided to be an essential business um it was right up there with 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 restaurants and walmart <laughs> so yeah. that being said um you know like i i'd, I'd like to get his his thoughts on the matter because a, a lot of the things that kelly wolf was talking about as far as like for annexation and that sort of thing um those were all kinds of things that i could kind of get behind he was well it's funny is that what, 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 what's so annoying about people like that was he a, is he a, a Republican? Um, not sure. I, I, I'm sure he is. Yeah, it's, um, it's the I believe it's a Republican primary. But that's what makes it so right hard, and is the hypocrisy is they'll stand for certain certain free market elements, and then they'll be so anti-cannabis because then they'll just because it's just an ideological holding. And so you'll have people that are all might be right for the right right things as far as one side of liberty but they don't get like liberty is liberty is liberty not your liberty or your warped um ideological download of liberty that's what makes it you know it makes me infuriated with th those types that's whether i, I yeah. we also get to see like what now that now that we have all this information like what else you know what else do you think you might have been wrong about in the past uh and and what We're are you willing to you know what are you willing to look at like what are you 
what preconceived notions, uh, you, you talked about predictive modeling, um, like, but what preconceived notions, what ideas do you think, you know, that you had six years ago that you don't have now because you've, you've been exposed to uh, more and better information? And I think that that's where a lot of people make the mistakes um, is they're, they're working on a, on a limited uh, amount of information because you, you always talk mm. about doing the work. They haven't done the research. Well, it's uh, not, it, I'll tell you what, it, it's way, it goes way deeper and way more, way more information and, and facts and data isn't the problem. It's not, it's not remotely the problem. It, what, what the problem is, is you got to start all the way from scratch. It's like, however unconscious the person is, and by when I say do the work, which means get into the trenches of your psychology and figure out how to do not patchwork on all of your dumb shit, but uprooting your own, your own, um, your own pathology, your own unconscious, your own blind spots that have obviously uh, caused you not to produce equity, which means. Equity is just, I take what's in my mind's eye and I produce something tangible that's of value to someone else, to the marketplace, whatever that is. And so when somebody can build real equity, which means I have a model here, guys. Everybody can see. You can replicate it. Everybody sees it. They can examine it. They can walk around it. A model, a car, Tesla car. You guys can see it. You can replicate it. That's equity. Money in a bank account after fucking success, you know, buying low and selling high. I saw what other people didn't. I bought it low, sold it high. Nobody else saw it. I did. Equity. Like, wrote a book. Had an idea for a book. Not there. Now there's a book. People liked it. Fucking equity. It's like making a birdhouse for your kid. Wasn't there. Hey, I got a birdhouse. You guys look at it. Pretty good made. Can you replicate it? Equity. So it's like, if you can't produce, not what other people want even, but even if you should be able to do that because you'll at least have a value, but if you can't produce what you want in your head, the life you want, what you want to get out of life, everything. Like, if you cannot produce that, there is a fatal flaw in your cosmos, your system. Your, your magical equation. And it all starts with your programming. And so most people, in fact, I would say everyone, everyone, because it takes, everyone's programmed, everyone downloads at the same developmental period, womb to seven, three to six is the key period of theta download, but that's your programming, zero to seven. So then, after seven on on, you're consciously forwarding a post hoc narrative of how you're trying to make it okay with how the world's bouncing off bouncing off how, how how well you're relating to the world then again they're telling you who you are how hey did I do good is this good of what I'm you know my was what I'm producing or what I'm doing here uh, good because it's negotiation you got to tell me whether this is valuable or whether hey you're talking shit is this worth your time or are you going to go, you know, hey, God, this guy's annoying. Go somewhere else. It's like you then have to tell, you seek outside yourself for this negotiation of value. And so the game starts because nobody understands any of this shit. You start out fucked 
because your self-image is fucked because 90% more than likely you come from parental upstream providers and uh, institutions who are your upstream providers who are going to constantly negate your your self-image, your holistic, integral self-image. Because if it's done the right way and nobody affects that self-image, you will never have these, am I not worthy? Am I do this? All of these, all of these things that self-sabotage all male pursuits, we self-sabotage our own self. That's because we feel unworthy. We want to validate mostly. We want to punish because nobody is seeing eye to eye. So there's all of these things. It's all based off the self-image. So, you know, parents... They don't know any better. Even good ones, they don't know any better because it does. It's the way this all works. Is so they fuck up that little kid's developing kid's uh, self image right from the get. Even just telling kids, no, 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 Johnny, get out of that. Don't do that, Johnny. No, no, no. It, the, the brain doesn't know any better. It thinks it's wrong. You're just it, wrong, 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 wrong. You know, instead of curbing that that passion or activity into something else more naturally productive without negating you know it uh when it when a somebody's told they're wrong or stop saying they're stop doing that or physically beating them or constantly telling them whatever which and then we go to school and we got to have the right rehearsed memor memorized answer and if we're wrong we're told we're wrong we're beat up with our self-image again so at every single level our self-image in addition to our cycle, our psyches being hijacked by motion picture in Hollywood. So like, despite our parents and despite all of the shit we get, they sit us in front of a fucking box where we download all of these artificial, uh, we don't, our minds don't know they're artificial. It thinks it's all real. It thinks like, in fact, it, you're the center of every person. So it thinks that Oh, it's happening to me. It's happening to me. That's how that happens. That's how it happens. That's how that works. That's just how it works. You know, and so since nobody's there to say, hey, you know, not only, you know, it wouldn't even matter what they would say afterwards because the programming and damage would be done, but at least somebody could say, hey, man, here's how it is. Now we can work to not have that artificial construct take such a hold over your life. But even that, then you got to do some other super, super real work to dissolve that shit show that you brought to the table and reinforced by telling yourself over and over this is the way it is this is the way it is this is how people see me this is how people see me this is how people see me and then just like the snow in the winter you create ruts in your neurosphere in 10 20 30 years of telling yourself and then also reinforcing the same reward mechanisms like even a reward mechanism is i don't Pipe up and say what I want to say, because I will. Uh, I could. I could be challenged, or I could. Somebody could just exile me, and I can't be accepted. So that's a reward. The quieter I am, the more muted I am. The more I tell you what I think you want to hear, the more I'm going to be rewarded. The more you'll like me, you know. And so, it. Uh, you have to fight past the first layer before you even get into over here, because you could have all the information, all the data. You can have all the everything. But if you haven't worked on the, the firmware, the operator, the philosophy, all of that, before you even start doing anything else, it's like you might as well not even do anything else because you're not going to get to where uh, 
to where you need to go. You got to figure out your uh, your basis, your philosophy, um, and open your own self up. So then you can kind of move forward, um, and then you will be able to quickly realize all the data flows are binary, relevancy versus irrelevancy, and all you're doing is pushing the irrelevancy over here because now the irrelevancy doesn't occupy your mind because why the fuck am I going to occupy my mind with bullshit and nonsense and fat lazy noise that has nothing to do with anything or like oh, I'm going to relate or I'm going to have unmeaningful relationships with everybody in my life and we're going to battle we're going to do the same things and we're going to keep doing the same bullshit things you stop doing that because it's fucking irrelevant and you stop playing games because it's irrelevant you stop uh, thinking cannabis is bad because you realize your cultural holdings are irrelevant and your clinging is irrelevant and all the bullshit you've told yourself about how America was and how the way it was and how this was and how this is and how other people are is irrelevant because it's not based in reality. It's based in a fabrication that you didn't bother to work for. So that's when I say you got to work for it. It's hard fucking work uh, building a worthy position. And it's hard work, harder work, uh, working on yourself to the point where you can start to uh, have a reliable relationship with reality. You know, that's the thing about it is it all comes down to having a relationship with actuality, with reality, like with what actually happens. But if you're a conventional person, even like these politicians, that Gillum and, and Wolf or any of those guys in between, they don't know any different. And so if you don't know that your ideology and your cultural, a cultural code is your operating system and you think you're somehow above it or that's just hocus pocus and that shit doesn't apply and that you're in control of your life and you know better, then you will run people into pit after pit. And that's what politicians have done since the dawn of fucking time. They run everybody into a pit because their pseudo-authority gives them a false sense of authority. And they don't realize that not only is politics dead as we know it, like I keep saying this, and people, again, they're not going to realize it until it's over. We could change it right now and really make it well now and build on it now and make it really work for our generation because Kelly Wolfson and these like. They're dead dinosaurs. They're absolutely irrelevant, impotent, fucking nothings. Because this idea of centralized, authoritative, top-down governing is a dead model. Dead is the fucking dollar. Dead. Decentralized governing is the only way through this. Intelligent, well-designed, decentralized governing based on logical principles that the community themselves basically serves in constructs and agrees upon based on logical hierarchies that the, the whole community bases its own self on. You know, that's the thing that actually will work and actually will help save this whole fucking world is decentralized governing because you're, you're getting your cake and eating it too because we have to have rules, we have to have regulations, we have to have services, we have to have accountability, we have to have all of these things. We have to. If you get rid of any of them, 
everything gets real fucked. So you have to have services. You have to have these things. You have to have fundamentals that are 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 really greatly um, appreciated and um, and enforced. So you have to have those things. But yet, the way we're going about it now, and cannabis is a perfect. It's the litmus test. It's a perfect example. Like right now, we're sitting here wondering whether a, a guy has got is pro cannabis or not cannabis. Psychedelics are still illegal in America. That's asinine. We still lock people up. We still lock human beings up over this and take their kids. And the people that are locking our kids up and doing all that, I, we do their divorce. I've seen it all. They're, they're not in any better position than anybody that they try to tell the, you know, this top-down authority. That's why this top-down authority doesn't work. Social workers, psychiatrists, law enforcement, politicians, big business. FDA, you know, food, uh, big ag. It doesn't matter what it is. It's apparent they have lied and manipulated and fucked us over with their own self-indulgence forever. And it clearly is not changing and it will never change until they die and their offspring hopefully transform and metamorphosize into something better. But if they don't, they have to die off too. And it won't happen until either the incorrigible die off or, and or, the people that are on the, the brink, that are receptive, that uh, they uh, actualize, they help, they, they like figure it out a bit and they start working together for a better solution. You know, because that's what it's all about. It's just about solutions. It's not about my way, the highway, or old ways, or new ways, or Republican ways, or lefty ways, or whatever. It's about prioritizing obvious um, dangers in our environment that can that can likely cause the most damage and then work you know down from them but it's like our politicians can't even get the dangers prioritized correctly you know so uh, it uh, I the only time I'll ever start to get them like like even uh, even having a prayer for our uh, pop society is when, when the powers that be realize that that they got to step down, that they know that, and they won't. They won't. That's a that's a shitty thing. They won't. Um, that's why we'll, we'll we will run and do what we will run into, and out of the ashes something better will come but out of the ashes is going to come a lot of fucked up shit that people are ready for one of the things I wanted to ask you um, as uh, as a business owner right now uh, in the city of Anchorage uh, Kreiner's Diner is uh, they're going to war uh, more or less they're going to court mm-hmm. against uh, Mayor Berkowitz uh, Mayor Ethan Berkowitz and his administration and uh, the hunker down order yep. um it's a manifestation of what I was talking about too. So, what are your what are kind of your thoughts on on the matter? Um, not necessarily from maybe from a legal perspective, like does Kreiner's have a case? But um, what are your thoughts on? Do you think that the mayor overstep is overstepping his bounds? 100%. Or okay, you can't mandate like they don't. You cannot mandate being more sensitive. You can't mandate being a better uh, discerner or being classy or exercising better judgment. You, um, you can't uh, force and fix 
people to get the right idea uh, or to come to your way of thinking. It's anti-American to think so. And so as you're, you're seeing across the board as a phenomena is Americans, right? Even It doesn't matter what you are, that we don't like being mandated on anything. Because again, it's, a, it's anti-liberty. Liberty, you want people to come to the side of light by their own free will and choosing. That's how you get people on your team that are willing to go to the trenches for you. If you force or fix your people on your team and say, you're going to come to my fucking team no matter goddamn what. Wear your seatbelt, wear your helmet, wear your, wear your mask, wear, do this or you don't get X, Y, and Z. Namely, gainful employment and free enterprise. When you do that, you're even in the gr uh, greater good. Because the thing that fucking, the, what does the most evil, the most unconscious evil, you want to see evil incarnate. It is done under the guise of good. I gotta help you out. COVID, perfect example. We will make everybody so safe that you won't even begin to believe it. But we won't think of the higher and secondary higher order effects. We'll just make you guys fucking safe. We'll make all the kids safe. We'll make, just say no to drugs. We'll put all the drugs over here too. We'll make you we'll make all safe. We'll make it all safe. We'll mandate, we'll mandate safety. Even if you could do that, it is, will not be sustainable. And you will create unconscious monsters, which they're doing right now. They're doing it even you know, as we speak with all this stuff. So Berkowitz is another perfect example of an intellectual who thinks he's got it figured out against all the deplorables, all of the, the dirty deplorable uh, people who are too too careless to wear the mask um, in all of this. And so it's a perfect example of this pseudo-progressive left superiority complex and this ever desire to legislate sensitivity. It's the same reason why they try to do sensitivity classes in like the military or law enforcement. And it's a fucking joke. Because you can't legislate and you can't force people to be more sensitive. The only time people ever become more sensitive or open is when they realize by their own accord that they have an error in their way of thinking or relating with people. Like the only way you change behavior is when people by their own act of realization realize, God damn, I've been treating other people unfairly or I've been fucking this up. And if you give people enough time and space and enough modeling and mentoring shit, most people figure it out. They can figure it out. But the more that you put the pressure, the more you force and fix, and the more you tell them, you're a piece of shit, why aren't you here where I need you to be, the more that they're going to dig in, and the more it's likely going to be a violent situation at the end of all of it. Um, you will probably see it with the vaccines. Once the vaccine comes out, and everybody goes, blah, 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 and then they, they think they can candy asset, and then something might spike, and everything goes out of control. Then you'll start seeing the first mandates, and you'll see that fucking bullshit on social media between the flat earthers and the round earthers. Same thing. And then you're going to get it even escalated over, over and over. Um, and you're going to start seeing this across the board with China and, and Russia and all the countries that they'll be pointing to. You see all these guys? They get their guys into compliance. These guys can listen. These guys, why aren't you guys 
falling into line like these guys, you know? And again, that's how, that's how all of it is. That's how a good idea, uh, like, hey, even like this idea of uh, equity or um, equal treatment and liberty, like, hey, these guys weren't treated fairly. Uh, Stalin, Lenin, Pol Pot, every single um, communist failed paradigm was built on that. Even the Nazis have failed. Hey, these guys aren't treating you right. These guys aren't treating you right. You guys aren't treating you right. Everything gets all fucked because um, some sort of perceived um, mandate or justifying reason to do that, you know. So um, I think Berkowitz is a is a is a horrible leader. I think anybody that mandates is a horrible leader. I think anybody that um, it's very clear the ones that do that, it's clear to the, their ideological slant and, and where they will go from there. Because this is what's really, really fucked up about the left. The right, we know the bottom. Like, we can take the, the matrix and break it up into a binary half. The left, you get moderates to liberal, the Demo liberal Democrats to the far left. And then you get to the, you get to the right. The right's easy. You know the right. Nationalism, supremacy, the, the domineering male. You get that. You get all that. You can see it. We all know what we get. For the left, the progressive left, we do not know the ceiling to man's hypocrisy and projection and their do-gooderism. So you can always guise a cause to basically... Uh, to conduct the most amount of evil, because it might sound good, but really, when you're um, when you're doing those types of things, which is again thinking the collective. This is a basic. This is basic philosophy. The collective will never solve your problems, ever. Nobody's coming. Nobody can solve your problems. You, the individual enlightened and self-actualized can not only solve your problems when you work with other people who are self-actualized or not even self-actualized you help them to get self-actualized you can actualize and and help a lot 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 more people i mean just look at a few people through the through the history one in two people actually enlightened and actualized have changed the fucking world the only thing a group has done has destroyed everything. You know, every single thing has been destroyed within from a group corrupt and then the others who are corrupt, but yet they think you're going to solve the corruption, but they haven't done the work. It's like, that's what I like. The basis of all this is you got to realize that you are both, you know, you are, you're as fucked up is the people you point your finger at. You're as hypocritical, you're as cannibal, you're as sexist, you're as deviant, you're as fucked up as all the people you think you're gonna save everybody from. And the more that you understand that and integrate that, and the more that you see all of it as tools and how you want to use those tools for your own ends, and then the more that you have your own ends in line with universal will, then thing, great things happen. The less you integrate, the more you will be in misery. You will, no matter what you do, 
if you think that whatever you think you're doing, it will end up in absolute panic misery. Because even if you do get to your deathbed and you don't do the work, people think they're going to handle it a certain way. But if they haven't done the work, they're going to panic like they've never understood panic. And so even if, uh, even if they somehow fool people, they won't fool themselves at the end. And um, that's what I think a lot of people end up getting, getting at um, is... Uh, is despite even, um, you know, maybe a life well lived by most people's standards. Because I've done, I've sat with hospice people a lot. You know, I've, I've talked with a lot of dying people and stuff like that. And you can tell that people, um, people talk a good game till it's time to meet the fucking Grim Reaper in this fucking panic. <laughs> so it's like a. You better uh, figure some things out beforehand so you can be better in control of your, uh, of, uh, of, of, of your philosophy. Because to me, again, again, if you're, if you're panicking at the end of your life and you're questioning your life and you have regrets at the end of your life and you haven't produced and helped and served anybody, self-evident, you haven't done jack shit with your life, you just wasted your space-time currency. And I, what I think creates a lot of the panic, too, is once you realize, and you will at your deathbed, you don't realize it now because it's set up this way, you will realize that this is an opportunity. If people would realize the opportunity they're given, like their life that they take for granted, they will at the end. If they could realize it now, they would be brought to tears. They would be brought to, to their knees. And they would... They would that's where this panic sits in is they will wish for their ch for another chance and where the panic comes in is they know they won't get another chance and so they'll realize they wasted their whole fucking life and it all will be flat it flashes all before them and so when you realize you want a second chance and you pissed it away and you don't get that second chance that's where the flood of panic comes in um and so, uh, yeah, I, th I think that's where a lot of folks uh, deal with regret. Myself, um, specifically, like I can, I can't speak for anyone but myself. Yep. Um, when I look back at like opportunities that I fucked off, right? Um, whether it was ten years ago, twenty years ago, or two weeks ago, I have to know, and I know in my heart that was an opportunity that I fucked off, and I'm old enough to know that. I, you only get so many opportunities until you run out of every opportunity. Um, and so for me now, it's like if, I, if I'm talking to my, to my children, then it's, you know, you have to, you have to take the opportunities mm -hmm. that are in front of you, especially if it's something that is vaguely connected to anything that you might want to do in the future. Um, I mean, those are conversations that you and I have had uh, off the microphone where it's like looking back at, at the regrets that we have. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't, I didn't go all out when, when this was in front of me, um, or I went out all out for the wrong thing. It's always, it's always, it's always based in fear. It's always based in your default, your default mechanism. And that's where if you don't do the work, you'll always lay up because you're always listening to that lower tier voice. It goes right back to, you know, to the, the meat of, you know, what I keep going on and on about is you got your lower tier voice, you got your upper tier voice. 
Your lower tier voice is the unactualized trance animating voice. It keeps you in the dopamatic uh, routine of reward, you know, uh, sex, validation, acceptance, uh, of course, food, hunger, and stuff like that. But really what trumps all that is validation and sex. If people go, oh, sex, no, sex isn't the biggest driver. Validation is. Valida sex is a form of validation. And so when you are constantly seeking to be validated, again, all of virtue signaling and projection and false being nice is validation seeking. It's not because people are are good or, or they're, they're they whatever like they care about you and they're considerate and they're connected and they're wanting to be a mindful value. It's not that at all. They're pulling the wool over their, your eyes, but they're also pulling the wool over their, their own eyes. And they don't know any better. So it's again, this is why they say the blind leading the blind. You can have somebody that's very nice and actually on the surface, you could say the person's nice, but since they didn't do the work, they're as dead as the person that is not nice and not done the work. There's no difference. It's like you're either dead and dormant or you're mindful and actualized. You're here or you're not. And so like the best thing that the best thing to teach is presence of mind. And that's what has to be instructed downstream to the to the to the to the kids and to the people in general. And here's the other cool thing about all this wasted opportunity. And you know like again if you if you realize this you will you realize that it's never too fucking late even if you're an 88 year old dying guy in your last breath it you can get it because you only have the frame of now there is no anything other than now there's only a moment now frame of reference now so whether you're 88 whether you're on your deathbed whether you're here now whether you're a kid whether you fucked up your whole life if you have now and you can actualize yourself now which means you get it. You, the lights are off because I don't know why I do what I do. I fuck everything up. I have some good days. I have some bad days. Ups and downs. People come and go. And I just don't, I doubt. I don't know what's going on. That, that's unactualized. You, you haven't reached a critical mass. A critical actualization. There's a critical point. It's just like water boiling. Before that point, no fucking water's boiling or freezing or doing anything. But the second you reach that critical point and beyond, a metamorphosis takes place. Water freezes. A caterpillar turns into a butterfly. This becomes that. Phenomena emerges. Water molecules, after so many H2O's get together, water manifests and it's wet. It's a universal solution. Before, nothing's happening. It's impotent. And so man is impotent until he actualizes a portion of his cosmotic system into actuality, which is power. It's a form of power because now I brought what's dark and dormant, just like an idea. I pull a dark and dormant idea from my imagination. And now I don't know exactly know how to do it. Elon Musk trying to do a, a, a I had no idea I'm going to do this. It's a crazy idea. I'm going to do a recyclable missile. No idea. I got an idea now in order to make that, an impotent, irrelevant idea, I gotta take it from that realm and bring it into this realm and make it manifest. Which means I then, I can't do it alone. So now I gotta talk my shit to you and you and you and you and I gotta articulate my insane imagination, which is again, it's a form of magic and I'm articulating it 
so I can inspire enough group of people to come work on this project and through my ability to take magical tools, words are magical tools, spells, and I'm going to get my tools and resources and I'm going to incantate all the people around me to make my idea manifest. And so my power is in my ability to work with my mind's eye and then to be able to articulate that and work my magic to the outside world. And into to the degree that you can work that magic and then be in voluntarily control of that magic, you can produce voluntary phenomena. If you can't do that, at best you will be what's called an unconscious competent. You may produce things, but you'll have no idea how. You won't be able to replicate it, you won't be able to teach it very well. You won't know why. When people challenge you, you'll get pissed off and you'll, you'll, you, know, you'll, you won't be able to talk about it because you won't have the, the inner dialogue and the ability to have a conversation about it. So there's, there's all these little various steps in the equation um, on this path of pro kind of progression. But at, at the very best, even people that are highly skilled are unconscious competence or their unconscious, unconscious uh, incompetence or their unconscious competence. And so a lot of um, even highly intelligent people, again, more people that would blow me out of the water on any test or any of these logical tests, they will um, always uh, fall greatly, greatly short of their own brilliance and their own becoming because they will be so self-assured and they won't be able to do that little bit more to open their totality up. So if you took somebody like that, that would actually listen and, and do the work, you could take somebody that's brilliant and unactualized, tweak them. And then if you had brilliant actualized, that person would go from a factor of that to like, what the, f like can do major league stuff. So it's like, no matter who you are on the spectrum, whether you're dumb as shit, because you just don't either have the faculties or the cap capabilities, or you're brilliant and fragile as fuck, which usually happens. It's like each of these sides of that consciousness continuum can be better suited to their station. So it's like you're you're not going to all of a sudden get a guy that's down here in the consciousness spectrum to all of a sudden become a high, high, high conscious person and become a different complete enterprise, but you still can take the person's pursuits and resolve a better picture for them so then they can do a better work for themselves with the, you know, with, with the experience they have down here. Um, but anybody at any time can, can actually, uh, can can redeem their life. That's the best way of putting it. If you don't if you don't actualize yourself, you don't redeem your life, and you get recycled back. And to the point where, if you're you're not incorrigible or you're not more rotten, then then what? Even if you get a little bit on it, you you get recycled. But again, I fully believe in the Egyptian uh, mysteries uh, teach this very well. It's like, if you keep fucking up and you keep becoming irrelevant and you keep, you're just going nowhere, just like the cosmos. What do you think the cosmos does? A perfect example, beta cassette tapes. 
Do you see anybody working on beta cassette tapes or <laughs> building black and white TVs? No. Absolutely. Why? It's a technology that has no relevance. Exactly. So why in the world would this work cosmos bring another irrelevant form into fruition? It doesn't. It has black holes that eats away irrelevant celestial matter, just like we eat irrelevant bodies. If this fucker was relevant, it'd be eating me. If it's not, I'm eating it. You eat dead bodies because you're more relevant. <laughs> you're, you're a better predator. And so we got predators preying on us. And if you're not more savvy and more relevant than that predator, then you're going to get eaten up. <clears throat> um, and so it's kind of like this whole idea of the, uh, the uh, uh, Book of the Dead and the whole uh, Osiris uh, 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 Egyptian mysteries. Is, that's, what they, that's their whole, like, everything. Like, everything's based on that. So I guess my next question is, because we, we've discussed psychedelics in the past, um, how important do you think psychedelics are to self-actualization? <clears throat> I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine that it's something I think that's it's, necessary for everybody, but I, I would have uh, it's certainly helpful. I would have to say, at this point in time, it is it is it, it's, it is it is necessary. I don't. I think I think for our day and age, it's necessary. I think um, there there was a time and place, um, and there will be a time and place where it's not necessary. Um, but since the advent of the motion picture. You know, it's only been a phenomena, not a couple hundred years, not even that. Since artificial motion picture hijacked our, 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 our bio brains, our minds, like before that, you got to realize before the motion picture, every interaction we had was an actual, like the images we held. Like, how does that work? How was that? How we would formulate vision in our head was based in actuality. Like, you couldn't build. Like an idea of, oh, Johnny's robbing a stagecoach or whatever the fuck you want to think on there without seeing a stagecoach, seeing, like seeing actual things and putting actual things together in your imagination. And so you would only be able to build with what you directly, not in a box, because there were no boxes, there were no pictures, there were no, hey, that's way over there, those people look like that, they have that, they have do, they do that, they do that, that. You, you, obviously it was actuality. So when your mind is, is got actual building blocks, you will have a better relationship with actuality. Um, now, that won't, uh, obviously, like if the cosmos wanted to stop at that, it would have stopped at that. It's that so it's, 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 it's more than, um, it's more than just a, um, a relationship with actuality. Um, it's it's all about uh, resolving higher and higher states of consciousness. Um, and so you can kind of see if you ne we never got introduced and interacted with a false box, with the artificial construct of television and motion picture, and environments within environments we would we wouldn't be raising consciousness and so now we have artificial TV environments nested within our environment 
So we got our actual environment. Now we got a nested environment. Now we have nested environments within nested environments. And so now human beings, everyone has an experience and a relationship with environments nested within environments. And so what was once local, we now can get on a computer and get on Facebook and type out our friends and send a visual of our video here to millions of people all over the globe who take our physical presence and scatter it across the globe to non-local points at the speed of light. And so we're in a local environment, we can get on a nested environment and reach a hell of a lot more people non-locally. So we would have no idea that that was even a possibility or why that might be a possibility. Why would the universe want to go through all of the trouble to have these nested environments and connect all of us? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. And why the motion picture, the first photograph, how it became a magical tool in this whole human experience was when this is really cool I, I really like this a lot because this is this is the truth and it's really cool it should, it should tell everybody about why all of this shit's important is i believe it was in africa there's other theaters like the rubber rubber banana rubber wars or uh, banana republic wars all of these things but it was a specific um i think it was the dutch or germans or dutch and germans or whatever somewhere in africa they were obviously maybe building a railroad. I can't remember. It was some form of, it wasn't slavery, but real severe indentured servant slavery. I think it was building the railroad for the Dutch. And this was, I can't remember the year. It was right like right as the, 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 the uh, camera uh, was, at, was kind of a, a, an invention that was replicated where people actually take pictures or whatever. You can still see this. You can probably type on the internet and get all this shit too. Is um, they were chopping... Uh, the children's hands off of the people who weren't cooperating with the work and so like you might, i think i think it's even like um hell our hand basket like this idea of forgot the saying about hand basket well that's what they did is they would chop off the kids kids and people's hands and they would have them in baskets and so you didn't fucking do the work oh well, you don't care about you well what about your kids they chopped their hands off and so there was a, a rich uh rich late white white lady a european white lady that was somehow able to go down there because she saw the ill and got one of these cameras and started taking pictures and brought it all the way back to europe and then spread it around it was the first act of social justice and that alone that picture stopped that shit from happening because people could see what was going on in areas they couldn't see because in order for justice to serve itself in order for the shit to get right you got to be able to see everywhere. You got to be able to see everything. You got to be able to hear everything in a way. And so like without cameras, without being in places where people don't, you know, be out of sight, out of mind, people do some dark shit until they realize you can't pull that shit anymore. And so now fast forward all to today, a lot of people are agitated and all upset because you can't do that shit anymore. All the games you, people used to play, all the marketing spin, all the politicians, all the, this pill's gonna make your dick bigger, or it's gonna make you big old strong guy, or this does that, this does that, you hold yourself out to be that. The times for that are over. And so now, um, most, and it's gonna get more and more, and I, I'm, glad, I'm glad for it, is there's no more room to hide. 
so the bullshit people used to get away with, they can't get away with anymore because we're so hyper-connected. But with all that hyper-connectivity comes all the voices all at once, all saying everything under the sun. So it's like a schizophrenic. And so we're even like, we're kind of like in the schizophrenic state of chaos is because we didn't have all these voices. Now we have all of these voices and we have all this data flowing. And yet our biology can't keep up with the amount of data flow at its rate. And so we can only have so much processing frame rate. And most people, they have really, really piss poor frame rates to process. Um, so when they do that, you don't get better at it. They start clinging and down reverting to what they know best. And that's what you, that's what you see with conservatives and you see with um, um, conservative phenomena is when push comes to shove, this is like a fighter. You go get a big old badass fighter and they don't know any, they have no other tools except I can fucking beat the fuck out of you. Go push them in the corner. Go give them no, give, give them no more room to maneuver and then tell them how do you solve this? He's going to come out fucking like a goddamn animal because that's all he knows. He's all he knows how to articulate his solution. When all you have is a hammer, everything's an <laughs> Yep, exactly. Exactly. So it's uh, a... But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, again, it's, it's the same principles I've been talking to you about and saying and writing about forever. It's the same stuff. And, you know, that's what agitates me a great deal about dealing with, any, with anything um, with people, politics, or people that think that they have um, an idea of what's going on. It's not that the people... And this is what's really hard, and I gotta even get better at it a bit. It's not like the people don't know, or they don't have good ideas, or they're not—they're not close, or they—they shouldn't be listening. It's like all of these things. Every like, it's like you could be doing so much better. You could be doing so much more, and you could be evolving and becoming so much more, and you could be working with other people doing so much more, and we could actually start solving our problems. But until each individual, doesn't matter who it is, until the individuals start working on themselves, it's like the uh, exactly like that Independence Day where they were trying to like figure out how the mother alien or whatever, uh, how to uh, you know how to solve the problem, how to like you know uh, um, take the thing out. It's like once you have the cure, like oh I got the cure or the poison, you got to disseminate it through the network to go hey. Here's what you need. Boom. And then once you can actualize and cure people, um, then then actually it's just like the opposite. Like right now, I, I, it's best personified uh, in, a, in a concept called the contagion. Um, and even Tool uh, in their latest album even touched upon it because he's really, he's really close to a lot of the source on, on some of this stuff too, which is cool. And so the contagion... Is a virus, um, and so all viruses <laughs> are um, psychological in nature, and um, all phenomena are uh, celestial in nature, and so even psychological phenomena are celestial in nature, and so every phenomena is celestial in nature. And again, to give you an example, every meta metaphor we have, 
Take any metaphor you can think of about somebody. Say, the girl's hot. The girl's cold. Anything you can think of. It's for the relationship with the sun. Sun hot, far away cold. Uh, anything. You can just name anything. We spin, we radiate. One hertz is one rotation. You know how far things are. You know, uh, when things are, are in harmony, they don't fall into each other's paths. They work well. Like, you know, so it's every single thing, fast, slow, how, how are you orbiting? How are you spinning? So anything anybody we have comes from the stars. And so contagion is a, is a cosmotic phenomenon. And it's greater than our own, this own phenomenon. It's actually universal and it's widespread. Um, and it's a virus and it's, it's what you would call the dark side, the dark for the dark side. And the, uh, the contagion, all it wants to do is spread chaos and, 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 and destruction and, and negative charge to the point of magnitudes of destroying small worlds and large worlds. And so the battle is always to generate light and harmony, uh, liberate, oh, you can kind of think of it as silly as like liberating planets or slave dark planets. So it can go one or the other way. And it's just like you kind of think is, there's a critical mass is you'll have these little mixtures and so as long as there's a mixture, then there, you're still in the game. But sometimes, but you're, you can have it where it goes more one side than the other, and then all of a sudden, if too much becomes too much, it, exponential, it, ex, it follows an exponential curve, whether it's a disharmony core, uh, wave that flattens out all other waves. And so, where you could have the yin and the yang, the yang exponentially smothers out, uh, the, the darkness smothers out the light, and then the opposite, the light can smother out the dark. Um, which is, I mean, it's a kind of the, well, not the end of the game, but it's kind of what you're shooting for here with when people talk about enlightenment, is you're trying to, enlightenment is nothing more than the state of being actualized. And it's a state of dark, 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 12 o'clock, boom, I'm now halfway. I've integrated more consciousness than unconsciousness. Now I'm 12, I'm starting to, I'm over here now. I'm now enlightened. Doesn't, that, that what you don't understand too, is enlightenment, it's not static. It's not like, all right, fuck, I'm here. Boom, I won, it's all over, good, done. Not even remotely like that. It's now you're more light than dark. And now... There's a progression of God knows how long it fucking goes. I mean, I don't know. It, uh, you spend all of your space-time currency trying to open up more and more and more, which is integrating more and more. And it's also taking our moments like this, the only moment we have, we are conscious and considerate, and instead of making it a moment that somebody could say is a second or two, I'd like to take it from a second or two 
to a couple of minutes. If I can take it to a couple of minutes, I could take it to a couple of hours. If I could take it to a couple of hours, maybe every day I could spend more time mindful and considerate and present than I do dormant and dead. And maybe if I get to the point where I could spend more days <laughs> like that than not, I can become something more and more and more. And you can. You can have more by becoming more. The only way it works, the only way you can actually give love is to have it, cultivate it more and more, and you can get it. If you don't have it, you can't give it. You can't serve other people. You can't serve more and more without becoming more and more. Like, I could serve you right now, helping you out. Somebody else could come here, I could help them out. But if I really wanted to serve, like make this community better, by whatever, whatever the hell it would be, donating a, a, a hospital, donating a library, donating this, because you know, you gotta do more. And the only way to serve people and give back is to do more and more and more to yourself. You can't do it on anybody else. Um, so this comes right back to that same and only proposition. You can only work on yourself and you can only work within the frame of now. And the more you work on yourself and the more you work on the relationship of now and the more you make that your ultimate desire, it will solve, the rest of your issues will solve itself. So you're saying Ram Das didn't stop at Be Here Now? Oh God, no, no. No, no, Ram's my boy. He's big time my boy, yeah. He was, um, he was a good, he was one of the good guys, yeah. That's what was sad, like even after he passed, because I've talked to um, a couple of um, you know, pretty good heavy hitters in that same genre that uh, which he's departing. And you know, it's like, then they all, you know, they all agree too, because it's all, it's pretty self-evident is you know, when Terrence died and, and, and Das died and um, Leary died and, you know, um, um, oh, Jesus, Anton Wilson died and, like, nobody's picked up the torch, really. There's, like, I say that. There's well, there's Dennis, uh, Dennis McKenna. Yeah, uh, Dennis. Terrence's brother is. Yeah, is but Dennis. he's no Terrence. Dennis is no no Terrence. Um, I'm really thankful for Dennis, but um, he's no, he's no, he's not Terrence. Are you familiar with uh, Duncan Trussell? It sounds familiar, yeah. So he did, uh, I believe it's the Midnight Gospel on mm. Netflix, but he was a, mm. a, 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 a huge follower of Ram Dass. In fact, uh, mm. when his son was born, uh, Ram Dass uh, did a video for him, you know, welcoming his son mm. into, into, welcoming his return. You know, mm. like, you know, thank you for choosing, you know, like choosing mm. where to come and, and who you are. Um, so if you're not familiar with Duncan Trussell, I would, I, 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 I would recommend. Yeah. What's funny, you know, like the, the day, the year, cause I knew it, like I, I knew it. I don't know how, but I knew he was going to die that year. And that's when I went to Maui to go see him. And what was really super cool is that Boone, my kid, and as I love, I didn't even realize it because he was, um, he had a stroke. So he was, um, he was, a. Uh, little more inaccessible but he was really accessible and his caretaker is just a beautiful is really 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 cool so i actually got to spend some time and some quality time but my kid did too so boone got to go up and you know shake his hand and be on stage and i got you know pictures with him and got to say because he didn't know really what was going on but say you know my dad blah, blah, whatever um and so it was really cool to 
be able to kind of pass, you know, be able to have that connection, you know, like no matter what, uh, to have my son, to be able to actually just physically be connected, you know, like just meeting and being there and seeing how that all is. And yeah, Ram, what was cool about, you know, like Ram Dass too is, there's so much foolishness and all of that stuff and so much and there is still so much idol worship and he tried to always break that that's why i loved him and that's why i like krishna marathi and stuff and that's where i uh krishna um Marat, i always put his name marathi um was one of my favorite ones too because where i believe that that sort of line started to really mature in where you where you should look at for people who do have answers is the one key ingredient as we can all say the same thing it's not them it's like they they go out of their way to say i am not your guru or answer i am not the person you think i am i hold no answers i cannot do anything for you do not look to me as an idol or someone that is going to provide you with an external answer all you can do is lead a horse to water to the same accord that i have you have you have but it's the alignment in the accord with the universe that gives you that enlightenment like just be, when people have good answers or good ideas or good philosophies that register it's not them it's 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 the the nodes in the network um, registering with the accord that is the network and so whenever you even have anything that's worth a shit that's why reason um, in all good things are self-evident nobody can pull the wool over your own eyes nobody can nobody could tell you the answer because you already have it you already have it and so anybody that tells you you need this you need them, you need this magic talisman, you need this magic doctrine, you need to do this, here's where the answer is, that, whatever any of that is, there's, you, that's just your game sign that they're in the, still in the throes of immaturity, that they're still playing games and spinning their wheels. Um, but when you can find the rare people who are saying, hey, um, I've dug into something here and I found something super interesting that you can dig into and you'll find the same thing and then when you find the same thing and you now know what i mean now we can talk the language oh, yeah. because you know what i mean because you won't know what i mean until you experience it for yourself and then you will have the language to be able to um to say hey this is what you know this is what happened and then you can have a conversation about it well i mean even ramdas had the people that he asked questions of Oh, um, all the time. Yeah. And it was always, what was great about him too is, you know, he was upper echelon conscious for a while, but when he had a stroke, you know, you, you go through these stages of false senses of, of, of false security. And this is where the psychedelics do come in and where I really believe that it's really healthy, especially if you're a hyper, you really want to be, um, to know the truth. You know, this is why shamanism is, is so important because to me, real, like real shaman they are the ones that are crazy enough to, to at, at any cost, they want to know what, what the truth is. Um, in order to find the truth, you have to know that you are going to solidify at, at certain periods a an envelope that's not going to serve you well. 
you could be served a lot better by getting to a certain point, dissolving that, being okay with it. Um, I call it um, ripping the rug from underneath your feet. The thing about why that's so important and why I believe what we were talking about earlier of why psychedelics are so important and essential is if you have led this entire life with ordinary state of consciousness and you have no experience with a non-ordinary state, you will have no experience with the totality of, of, of reality and perception. You will convince yourself you have an idea and a, a hold on reality when you just all you are is still within the sphere of your own self experience and imagination. So if you don't have that, you will calcify a false a false narrative, and you will never you will never um, you will never connect with what's here, which is also this idea of a mystical experience. Is you know you hear about all these experiences, and you hear about you know, especially all of the prophets, Elijah or Moses or, or, or Muhammad, you name the, name the person, and yet everybody likes to uh, put these people on a pedestal, um, but they never want to have one of their own. And so the only way to have a true by God mystical experience is by having one, is by taking a bunch of DMT, taking a bunch of mushrooms. It, it, well, it happen. It, you take 20 grams, 30 grams of mushrooms, Take 400 micro milligrams of DMT the right way. I will promise you, you will have a burning bush experience. Guaranteed. Nothing else. No Buddhist meditation. No yoga. No amount of positive self-speak will ever, ever do that. That's all lies. Even stuff as simple as Wim Hof techniques and Wim Hof breathing or holotropic breathing. Um, understanding yoga the right way. You know what you're trying to actually do not just tight spandex and working out understanding martial arts from the ground up about movements and about philosophy um, and then you know getting into I won't be doing it until it is completely legal because it's the, the point of it, it it has to be legal across the board so when it be when we fight and we get it legalized I will I want to turn think parts of it into a specific set and setting for people to have a psychedelic experience and then to be to prime it to have it and then to integrate it in the right way so they can actually heal their minds the right way done according to um, the code and go to the way that um, it, I know it can work for them um, and that in of itself is an experiment because no one's really really done that there's a few people that have you know Stan Groff is I'm really actually trying to go see him to get his input because he's one of the only people that's a, a Czechoslovakian psychiatrist psychologist who has thousands of sittings but I, I want to see what he's doing and I know I've, I've read enough to see what a lot of these guys are doing but I, I think I have something a little bit more advanced and a little bit more just a different more well-developed model so I'd like to see what I know I can do to people, um, you know, down the line. And so like, I'm gonna just start having physical easy things for, so uh, to get people on, on board with all of the things that um, are just, they have to have in part of the integration. Um, you know, again, morning rituals, understanding rituals, understanding how media occupies your mind, 
understanding how to eat well, understanding how to protect your self-image and develop and nourish your self-image and how to start talking better to yourself and have a relationship with yourself because then that starts all the other relationships and how to orient your day and how to how to design your life, how to do all of these things. And, um, and then again, a component of that down the road for, for folks that are in need um, would be, you know, the psychedelic experience um, to, to help heal. But then there's also something much, much deeper than that is, you know, the mystical experience and something for people solving small psychological issues. Everybody thinks that they're after, oh, this is here to heal. That's child's play. That's like, just gets you in the gate. Like, that's your baggage. That's what keeps you heavy from not traveling. So figure out your hangups and your heaviness. Then the real fun happens. Then the real fun happens. And then you get to explore and, and, and be more curious about the way things are because you won't have any fear. And as soon as you become fearless, then life really becomes limitless. When you stop having, you can't fake it. You can't bullshit it. You are your own self. It's like the cosmos knows. You can't bullshit the cosmos. You can't bullshit yourself. You'll know. But once you you truly become fearless, um, life does become limitless. Because whatever happens, it doesn't matter. You'll flow. You'll bend. You'll 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 adapt. You will be in the state of mind that you want to be in, rather than being a reactive state and being at the mercy of everybody pulling your rug. And at the end, like I was just talking about. Death is coming to pull your rug. No matter what you think you've done, you've done it all, you've allocated it, you're a billionaire, you've had success, you had a family, everything's great, everybody couldn't have anything wrong. Well, if you didn't do the work, at the end they're going to pull your rug. And how well you are, you, you consciously um, don't cling or clutch. That's the best way I can put it. The less you cling, it's just like a psychedelic experience. You go into your first DMT experience, I'm going to tell you, let go. Do not cling or clutch. Be vulnerable. Realize, relax, and be vulnerable. Do not cling or clutch. <laughs> you will cling or clutch in the beginning, no matter what, probably. I did. Every, I think everybody does. But to the degree you stop clinging and clutching, well, you will see for yourself how the, how the world operates, you know? By the way, that's going to be the title of this episode, Do Not Cling or Clutch. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. If you can remember those two things, then you will, and you operate on that, and you just think of it, practice it for 10, 10 years, and you will be in a completely different, completely different space, in a place you can't imagine, you couldn't imagine. Mark Howe, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your energy. Um, Enjoy the shit out of your weekend. Spend time, I mean, whatever it is that you've got to, to accomplish this weekend, I, I hope you're able to accomplish it. Not at the goddamn Airbnb. The thing's keeping me crazy, dude. It's packed. It's whole, the whole, the whole uh, August. i got to run back there now, and I haven't got anybody I'm trying to figure it all out, so I'm doing it all myself right now. And um, that's a lot of shit. I need to integrate the stores uh, into my website and also put merchandise up that people can actually buy to support, as well as get the Patreon up and running. Yeah, it's integrating a, a lot of stuff. You know, still, um, now I got Seth over there working, doing some more of the media for our own campaigns and our own stuff and got him doing that comprehensive. And I also threw, threw in the radio too, 
to start kind of keeping that up as well. And man, I'm telling you, it's happening. It's going to fucking happen. No matter what anybody kind of thinks or it's not coming. It just little parts have to have to start coming online. You know, like even I taught with uh, Curtis and Curtis is down. He uh, downloaded the broadcast deal. It's just getting people on and doing it and, and doing it and and just keep adding more and more to this little this little idea because there's enough to really to really work with and it just then it goes back to this whole really doing it for our own small community of business small business people who are trying to hustle hard to make a buck you know um, trying to you know push the our enterprise you know. Well, once you do it, I mean, I can only really speak for the podcast because that's that's the thing that I that I own that I, I take full responsibility for. Was like, once that ball that ball starts rolling, like it's inertia, it just keeps going and going, and it just gets bigger and it becomes more powerful. Um, and and now I'm at a point where, like, I look at my numbers and I look at where people are listening. It's like, okay, uh, someone in Moscow is listening. <laughs> someone in uh, in Barcelona is listening. Yeah, that's why you get you get the you get the numbers. And then you keep doing it and doing it, and then you reevaluate. You get better and better, but the whole point is you just keep doing it, and you don't even look up. And then when when that when people the naysayers come and the haters come, and then the numbers don't reflect, and you feel like I'm wasting my time, I'm wasting my time. You put your fucking head down and you keep doing it. And when the thoughts come up again, you keep fucking doing it. All the self defeating shit. You tell that dumb voice to stop. I, like I, you, you don't even tell him to stop. You can tell him to fucking do what you want. I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm. I already. I know what I need to do. I'm gonna do it over and over. If I love this and I'm doing it, I'm doing it over and over. So when those shitty thoughts come up of, why am I doing this again? Why am I doing this again? Oh, so and so didn't like that. Oh, da, 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 da. you just like. Ah. Well, my, my feeling is, is, Ben, this is just kind of a relatively new philosophy. Was like, if you do the things that you know you're supposed to do, then the things that are supposed to happen are what's going to happen. Um, and, it, and it will. And they may not, life may not unfold according to your terms and conditions, but once you get impeccably okay with doing exactly what you said, and then when life unfolds its cards, and you've done the best you can, it unfolds the cards, you get better and better with dealing with those cards and flowing with those cards and not allowing it to then disrupt. When life folds, I fucking worked hard on this, I didn't deserve that. Life don't give a fuck about your deserves. If you say that, it'll laugh. It will get demonic on you because you don't get it. Like you fight the good fight, and then when it unfolds, cards are on the table, you're okay with the harvest either way. And you fucking plant more seeds. Harvest, fuck, oh, plant more seeds. Like, people want to be, they want to put all their lock stock into the harvest. Good harvest, good, good. bad harvest, bad. Can you say good? Bad. So then their the moods and their shit's dictated on the, what happens as a result. When you get good with being good, and then you keep doing that, then that's what it should happen to. And it will start to do things that you won't believe.
As per 3AAC 306.360 Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company, License 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 4A10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska, 99611.